Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Of our broadcast, we do have Transformation Tuesday coming up. I want to start, though, with some... Very interesting items on the text line. Guess what? Did we really get that text line scrolling with a conversation about the Shaw University bus incident? We start with a reference to next Tuesday. No, Vince, I live on the pessimistic side. That way I'm never disappointed. Voting next Tuesday. Go red. That's from D. So, on to the Shaw University incident. So, wait, a chartered bus. How does anyone know who is inside exactly? Same lame people that call for defunding the police. Vince Shaw, University President, lied, but the stop was illegal. Courts have ruled many times you can't stop someone to look for a crime. Rolling thunder is a disgrace. That's the program where they're trying to stop drugs, ostensibly. And I'm not here, by the way, to necessarily defend that program. That's not the point. I'm disagreeing with the characterization from the president of Shaw University, who cannot have watched that video and come to the conclusion that she reached. It's not logical. Vince, I would ask, for what reason do they have to search the bus? And inside the cab, is there probable cause? Do they smell something, see something? What reason do they have to bring dogs on a bus for drivers swerving? Everybody does that. So again, for clarification, the dog was outside the bus. Never enter the bus. The students never searched. The police officer never went beyond the first step of the front of the bus. No officer went any further. They had a conversation, I think, with one of the students from, like, the inside, barely inside, just asking, hey, where are you guys going, that sort of thing. Most engagements with police officers aren't due to the suspicion of violating duly passed laws by legislatures, but violations due to participating in a regulated activity, and thus how law enforcement deals with us as citizens isn't based on our rights under the Constitution, but on the regulatory code. Aha. Uh-huh. This way, there will be very few interactions with law enforcement. There you go again. The problem isn't to stop. It's what occurs afterward. Ah. John out of Spartanburg. 
this woman is part of the problem. All she's doing is spewing hate. People like her, black or white, are the problem. Vince, are you telling me a left-wing <laughs> nut is screaming lying bloody murder about some liberal agenda point? Shocking. Just shocking. All a standard routine profile pull over those people are clowns. Just cops doing their jobs. This person says, no, you can't check my car, and no, you can't check my bus. That would be an interesting response. Very interesting response. Joe, what this woman did causes racism. The first thing I think is, please, let's put it behind us. Another whiny person wanting attention. Bus search. Sounds like she was looking for racists behind every door. Yeah, pretty much. The officers know 85 North is a direct route for drugs and human trafficking. Vince, I love your show in reference to this traffic stop. So during Operation Rolling Thunder, if so, no one's above being pulled over during this time. The good of Rolling Thunder is all that's removed from the streets in our society. Keep the faith, brother. Continue your good work. Thank you. That is from the FedEx man. You go, Vince. This demeans history. Thank you for your good heart and words. Pam out of Spartanburg. In reference to the bus incident, sounds like the university president needs to issue an apology immediately. Don't hold your breath for that. They're going on the way to the Justice Department. They're, they're not going to let this go. Nobody's going to apologize. I saw Chuck Wright news conference yesterday. I watched a lot of YouTube videos of traffic stops. Some make me cringe, but this one was nothing but respectful to all involved. Yeah. Vince, I definitely don't want to be around when you're mad. I think I'd be scared of you. That being said, this is why more and more people are growing numb to the accusations of racism. Some of these people throw out. Jeff, you're absolutely right. It's the boy who cried wolf. You do this so many times over nonsense like this. Why should I believe you over something that's serious? See, we're undermining ourselves. That's what's frustrating about it. Please not Sean Vince. Please. I have no idea what he's talking about. He never does. Sean, how are the cops supposed to know if they're black or white when the windows are tinted and they can't see in the bus? This person says, that's why no one calls in. You always want to have a conversation. But you won't let anybody talk. I won't let anybody. I'm not going to take demeaning calls. The point you do that and try to take over this broadcast, it's conversations over with. Period. Stop that cutting people off. Don't agree with you. Just stop, stop, stop. Not a good look for you. I'm black. I just want to hear what he says, but I'm a Republican, too. Good morning, Mr. Vince. Quote of the day, the Jesus I serve doesn't see color. God bless, sir. Sounds like Sean consistently drinks the victim mentality Kool-Aid. What isn't widely reported... The sheriff's office was engaged in operating Operation Rolling Thunder, 
During that same week, they stopped another bus, got a large quantity of drugs, about a half million off the bus from drug traffickers. That stop had nothing to do with the race of the individuals on the bus. I would like to agree with everything you've said, but just to let you know, I've been pulled over seven times in the past five years. Only one ticket. Good for you. Concord Police Department just really likes talking to me. They get my license, warn me, and leave. I was just pulled over two days in a row. Same state trooper. We're both black, so I don't subscribe to every cop is racist. But many are. This person, by the way, part of the other part of the text, I hate saying it's all racial, but I don't know any white Americans that can say the same. He says his father is a retired state trooper. Uh, let's see. A lot of texts here that just keep coming in. Feel free to call in, especially, because I'd love to get thoughts and contrary thoughts. You want to take a position and disagree with me? Please do. I just ask that you call and you're respectful. That's all. You know, it's it's really a pretty simple request. Still to come, we will get to Transformation Tuesday, I promise, <laughs> and much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. Back of the Vince Coakley radio program over on the text line. Let us see here. Uh, This is the text I wanted to read before I continue. What is the black point of view? I don't even know what the white point of view is. I prefer facts and truth as the parameters of my point of view. To have any other point of view is prejudiced. Thank you. That just sums up my perspective on the comments from Sean. And this is what happens. I mean, I I was thinking of this, reflecting. Remember the OJ case? 
how this became a subject of polarization. I think pretty much every objective person is sitting here thinking, who else possibly killed these people? Who did it? Now, did the prosecution, did they screw up their case, the glove, the others? Probably. But the polarization around that was crazy. All of these black folks who were defending O.J. Simpson, for what? And this guy, it, it, again, it just blows my mind. We don't have black facts and white facts. But unfortunately, this is where we are. And frankly, we're getting more and more like this, being driven by racial perspectives. My son posted something on social media yesterday. It really impressed me. Now, you may be surprised by this, but I think it's safe to say I I don't think we spent a lot of time. I, I don't think there was any attempt on our part. Do we want to train our children? Yes. There was never any attempt to brainwash or drive our children down a particular way of thinking. And I have to tell you, I'm really amazed at the conclusions, particularly my oldest, has reached. He's, I've never told him to think in these ways. Here's what he posted. As inflammatory and divisive political stuff can get, I do still genuinely believe we live in the greatest nation on earth. Not to mention the most privileged and influential. And there's nowhere else I'd rather be. And I love what he says next. This is so, so much my oldest son. And I'm going to keep on laughing as long as I have the privilege to. Isn't that a blessing? It blesses me. It really does bless me. I'm not here to get him to be a Democrat, a Republican, independent. But I rejoice knowing he's an independent thinker. Independent thinker. And he's a deep thinker, too. Very much appreciate. I thought you would be encouraged by that social media post. Transformation Tuesday. I want to ask you a question. Are you like Saul? Are you like Saul? I told you I've been doing a lot of self-examination lately on a number of counts. But this is a very thought-provoking and provocative post from Dr. Steve Crosby. You're devoted to scripture study. You're passionate for God. You have zealous energy for the message. You have a calling. You love to teach and preach. You're gifted and talented. You're a person of prayer. You know your Bible. You're approved by spiritual elders. You're all in committed. Ready for the kicker? So was Saul of Tarsus. And he was wrong about it all. Wrong at a life and death level. His certainties about Scripture just made him an accomplice to murder. What does this say about you and I? 
What does that say about the stuff that is encouraged as spirituality or maturity in our church culture? Saul's conversion happened when he was set free from his certainties by an intervention of the resurrected God-man and reference to his sufferings. Yet if you believe the typical evangelical message, your salvation occurs when you believe certain things about what the Bible says and call it faith. I think that only mass produces Saul's. Ouch. Paul's happen when the cross is revealed and all our certainties die there. Or as my friend Michael Harden says, the cross is where all of our God images go to die. Yes, even the God image we can construct with Bible verses that reinforce our certainty. And I'm saying unless we have an identical experience, we cannot really be saved. No and yes. No as to how we are delivered from our certainties. Yes to the need of it. This is a great post. And it's a great reminder to us. This is one of the subjects I know Steve spends a great deal of time on. This subject of certainty. And how we function in it. Whether it's a type of dogma. Or whether it's manifest. In a truly life and death difference. A before and after difference. This is one of the things I talk to people about all the time when I ask questions about the genuineness of conversions. Tell me who you were before. How is that different than who you are today? And those transformations don't stop. Hopefully it's not a one-time thing. Well, it's not going to be one time. If he is genuinely in our lives, we're going to have a series of death, burials, and resurrections in our life experience. But it's very important that we see the distinction between Saul and Paul. Love to get your thoughts on this very provocative post. Texter, in reference to my comments about my son, an education is intended to teach one how to think, not what to think. Unfortunately, an education now is telling children what to think. Yeah. This is a lot of what is happening today, isn't it? So as a result, got a lot of young people and, and they've got these ideas and, and I would dare say dogmas that they've embraced. And sadly, along the way, there's no facts or truth to back up many of the things that they've bought into. It's not there. Pretty sad. Still to come on the broadcast this morning, so many other things I wanted to get to, but how about this? We'll talk about how the media is continuing to beat the drum on the Pelosi story. Boy, they love this story. <laughs> we'll talk about that and much more as we continue our Tuesday broadcast. Stay with us.
We are back with the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Transformation Tuesday, and we have on the line Billy in Charlotte. Good morning, Billy. Good morning. I'd like to make a comment. I, you know, I graduated college, lived a pretty sheltered life. Not too many African Americans where I grew up. Became a police officer in Charlotte, and that really opened my eyes to the, the black community. My training officer was black, and a lot of the stereotypes were basically from a lack of knowledge, a lack of understanding. And I think the problem is, is we can't have that conversation. We can't ask that simple question. And I think my transformation goes back and forth, you know, whether maybe I'm for reparations, maybe I'm not. When, you know, you see a shooting in a predominantly black area, all blacks, nobody sees anything. Nobody saw anything, even though there's hundreds of people. You have a cop shoot somebody, my God, everybody saw it. And, you know, <laughs> the black community needs to wake up. An impressive thing I saw, an interview with a female black comedian. She wants to, she said, they were talking about money. She said she wants to build gen, generational wealth. That's her goal. Because they asked her how much money you want to make. She says, that's not important. I want to generate, I want to make generational wealth. I want to mm. make my wealth last. Now, when it comes to reparations, I'm sure the economy would love it because blacks predominantly spend a large portion of their money. So if you want to boost the economy, that's one way to do it. But it's, I'm, I'm just torn. How would you do that? If you did it, would you then say, okay, no more affirmative action, none of this? And I, I don't know. I told one lady, African-American lady, that this country would not be what it was, what it is today if it wasn't for blacks, if it wasn't for black slaves. We did not have the people to work, uh, and we needed them. And she says, I've never heard a white person say that before. I said, it's true. It's true. But how do you make up for the past? I, I don't know. And will it make a difference? The difference has to come from the black community. I uh, very much appreciate what you've shared. And I, th I think there are a lot of people who... Uh would share the same perspective. I appreciate your thoughtfulness, introspection, self-examination, which, which, which with, for Billy is ongoing. This is what I appreciate about him. There's an open-mindedness here. You know, maybe I, I should think about this, be open to this. Good, uh, good thoughts here. I want to quickly get to one of the favorite subjects of the mainstream media, news media right now, because they, they're having a blast. They are having an absolute blast playing up this Pelosi story. Mark Finkelstein, or Finkelstein, I don't know which it is, works with Newsbusters. Saying we don't buy the conspiracy theory, Democrats cooked up the attack on Paul Pelosi as a last-minute election ploy, but... Boy, the liberal media fully embracing the conspiracy theory. This can be directly connected to January 6th and should become a central election issue. I want to hear an example. Morning Joe. Oh, my goodness. Just the idea of that show just gives me manifestations. 
Not only was the entire first half hour devoted to the story yesterday, but at the end of those 30 minutes, Mika Brzezinski pledged, we're going to be spending the entire show trying to take a deep dive into this. It wasn't the entire show, but it was obsessive. A quick word search, the closed captioning, a rough measure, shows Pelosi was spoken 81 times. Mika began with her liberal summary of the case when there are so many questions. Are you ready for this? I'm just going to warn you, your ears might bleed when you listen to this nonsense. Here is Mika Brzezinski. Paul Pelosi, the husband of the Speaker of the House, the woman who was second in line to the presidency, was savagely attacked on Friday. And while surgeons were operating on the fractured skull of the 82-year-old grandfather, deranged right-wing fanatics, Trump media allies, and some of the most powerful people in the world were feverishly trying to stir up conspiracy theories that distracted from the central political headline of this story that years of Republican propaganda and Trump-fueled fascism led 42-year-old David DePap to break into Nancy Pelosi's San Francisco home, seemingly with the intent to harm her. connection? What connection? I don't see a connection. Why would there be a connection? I mean, he was just deranged, right? In an isolated way. And by the way, voters, look over here. Crime is up. Look away from the parallels to January 6th. (laughs) I'm serious, folks. They're not going to let this go. They will not let this go. They're going to keep beating this drum. Then there's the very unsubtle Chiron, how far-right demonization of Pelosi led to attack. Mika was simply going to ignore the San Francisco Chronicle, not a MAGA newspaper, reporting the alleged assailant, DePapi, was part of a nudist group and became a hemp jewelry maker. They also found he was once registered as a member of the Green Party. Someone is looking away at potential parallels. <laughs> And courtesy the Washington Post columnist, David Ignatius, there was the obligatory Nazi Germany Republican analogy. Germany, the birthplace of science, philosophy, music, the arts. It was a country that was taken apart by uncontrolled radical extremists. Anti-Semitic politicians, Adolf Hitler as the dominant personality. It happened in a country that was a good country. So we have to be on guard always. And I think discussions like this one are important. We have a news network that isn't really reporting new facts on the assault. Instead, the liberal, the liberal media, they look like they're exploiting the attack for all it's worth to stave off a political potential red wave. Mika Brzezinski vowing to devote the entire show to a discussion on the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband, sponsored in part by Jeep, Liberty Mutual, and Subway. Just putting that out there. Great piece by Newsbusters. And yes, MSNBC busted. Stay with us.
final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Tuesday. Over on the text line, we start here. I don't see the problem with Morning Joe devoting a whole show to the attack on Paul Pelosi. I'm sure just balances out their coverage they devoted to Steve Scalise being shot, the attack on Justice Kavanaugh's house, and the knife attack on the Republican gubernatorial candidate. I'm sure they just want to be fair and balanced in their reporting. <laughs> Vince, in this case, Mika spot on. Without the incessant hating of Pelosi, supported fully by right-wing talk radio, I doubt she would have been targeted. Shame on you, Vince, for being part of the problem. Well, of course I am. Some of you folks really are scary. Seriously. Oh, my goodness. Vince, please open your eyes to something and do this tomorrow. I promise you will see a different side to your audience. Open up with the Emmett Till story. And the lady being in her 80s now. Should she face jail or not? See how your audience responds. You won't listen to blacks when they called in and voiced their opinion. So maybe if you see it for yourself, you come to grips to what they're talking about. Really? I don't listen to blacks. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> on Mika Brzezinski, no worries, Vince. Since it was on MSNBC, not very many people saw it. Ha ha. This person says a lot of these people in the media should be tarred and feathered. Vince, who was that woman? I just want to gag with the utter nonsense that these people spew. This person, the upstate, saying of the attacker, his living quarters surrounded by BLM paraphernalia. Why do they lie? Because they can. Just a sampling of some of the items here. On the text line. Time for us to take a look at the day in history. We have a total of eight questions to throw out. Are you ready, Chris? Sure. We go to Vatican City and the name of the famous chapel that opened to the public on this day in 1512. What is the name of that chapel? Uh, St. Paul's Cathedral. Not quite. Actually, Sistine Chapel. There you go. Okay. The Sistine Chapel is absolutely correct. 1800. We had John Adams moving into the president's house. What was it? I think, he, I think he was the first one to live in the White House. White House. The White House is correct. 1897, a merger between two hotel giants, and it created a 1,300-room hotel. That's a lot of rooms, especially for 1897. What is the name of this merged hotel? I think they have one in New York City. Uh, is it Double and Tree? No, <laughs> that was good. It's not I the just, merger of double and tree. I'm going to. That is pretty funny. That was really good. Double and tree. <laughs> that is classic. I'm not sure who. But, uh, How about the Waldorf Astoria Hotel? One of the famous and very expensive hotels. New York City, way out of my price range. I can guarantee you that. First game of its type played... Between these teams, New York Knicks, Toronto Huskies, New York won 
What game, kind of game was it? First game of its type. Sounds like professional basketball. You are correct. It is the NBA. First prof- okay. First NBA. First NBA game. 1950, this president served, actually survived an assassination attempt at Blair House. I think that's the vice president's residence. Who was that person, that president, 1950? You've guessed this one before as in terms of the era, the year. Yeah, was, was it, uh, it, it wasn't Truman, was it? You are okay. correct. Right. It's Harry Truman who survived. I did not know there was an assassination attempt then. That's I need I'm, to read I'm, more on this one. Yeah. 1952, the U.S. tested this, the very first weapon of its type. 1952. A hydrogen bomb? Hydrogen bomb is absolutely correct. 1967, the first issue of this magazine hit stands. It's kind of a pop culture magazine that covers all kinds of things and hard news as well, but at accent on music. What is that magazine? Oh, I, I, I don't know. Uh, Billboard? Yeah, it's a good guess. Rolling Stone magazine. Rolling Stone. And last but not least, I hope I pronounced this correctly, the Maastricht Treaty took effect in 1993, and it brought a bunch of countries across the pond together to form this conglomeration. What is it called? What was the year again? 1993. Oh, dear. They, uh, NATO's older than that, so I'm not pretty sure. Much, they pretty much operate as a group now. Um, You'll have to tell me. I'm European sure. Union is the answer. European Union. The EU. Very EU started in 1993. How about weird places to live? Are you ready for this one? This story is just strange. People do weird things. Remember when Tom Hanks lived in an airport for months? Or was it years in that early 2000s film, The Terminal? Well, a Rhode Island man did something similar in a shopping mall around the same time the movie came out. Yes, Michael Townsend moved into Providence Place Mall in Rhode Island since he was a victim from his old property. Townsend explained the bizarre story on his website during the Christmas season. You know, he thought it would be a great place to live at the mall. So we decided to live there. Found an empty 750-square-foot room that wasn't open to the public. Put in a couch and a PlayStation. And he lived there for four years until the security guards found him. This is crazy. He's since been charged with trespassing, by the way, given probation by the judge and a ban from the mall for life. Makes sense, right? <laughs> That's all the time we have. Thanks a lot for joining us. Have yourselves a great day. God bless you. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.